And Scotty Sharp, we are talking gardens today. Hello, Janie. I think we will. How about we give, we'll give that a try? <laughs> <laughs> and have you got something special? Are we going to talk about the dry conditions and how our gardens are coping? I think we will. Look, Greg and I promised to talk. And, and as Greg and I always do, we always fail to actually get to what we were going to talk about. But we will do it today. Lawn grub, a big problem out there at the moment. I was going to talk about bat plants and wallamai pines as well. And Vicky's rung in from Charlestown. Have you got a citrus plant that isn't behaving itself, Vicky? Uh, yes, I do. I'm looking after two citrus plants uh, for my daughter and son-in-law. And one's a miniature or dwarf mandarin and one's an orange. But all the new growth has gotten curly or bubbles or looks like they're all squashed up. Uh, somebody said that might be leaf curl, but I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, so citrus, especially at this time of year, are really susceptible. And like you said, in the new growth, because it's really nice and soft and chewy, uh, yeah. to either citrus leaf minor or leaf curl grubs. And they're just generally little trips that get in there and suck it away and make the leaf curl up because they're just sucking all the sap out of the leaf. It's, you know, it's really simple, really. Yeah. Uh, the citrus leaf minor, it's a little bit more uh, sort of uh, pesky. It uh, moth comes along, lays egg, um, little uh, grub gets in between the membrane of the leaf and leaves these funny little tracks, and that yeah. that destroys the leaf as well. So the only way to really try and solve that uh, for you uh, is to use a product called Eco Oil. It's a pre- Eco Oil, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a preventative. You can get it in a ready-to-use mix-up, or you can actually get it, uh, you know, just in a concentrate, and you can mix it up yourself. Okay. Now, what Eco Oil does is it it forms this protective coating over the uh, leaves of the plant. And it stops, uh, you know, uh, leaf miner moths uh, or little thrips or anything getting in there and st- they sort of land on it and go, oh, I don't like the taste of that too much. And they hopefully fly away. And it does work. Uh, you know, we, we use it at work all the time. Uh, now, you have to be persistent with it. Use it about once a week uh, and that should keep it under control. If you've got damaged new growth, uh, it's yeah. not going to come good. So usually you just prune that off. And then when you see some new growth coming on, that's when you spray again with the eco oil. And that's what protects it when that new growth is just starting to come out. And uh, once it hardens up, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the little bugs don't go near it. Uh, you know, once it goes that really dark green, uh, everything's fine then. But when it's that soft, uh, you know, really light, limey green, uh, that's, that's when they, yeah, that's, that's when they're going to come and attack. I don't know. They, they sniff it out or they see it from miles off, but uh, along they come and, uh, yeah, they really do some damage. So, uh, yeah, prune it off and then get some of that eco oil and use it as a preventative. Uh, definitely will. Thank you. Okay. And I would also like to thank you. A few moments ago I rang you about the frangipani tree that's mm-hmm. having chewed all the branches on. Yeah. Well, all the branches fell off and I didn't think it had come back, but it's actually come back quite lovely. Better than it was before. Uh, see, now it was just it was just nature's way of pruning it. Nothing, nothing to be worried about at all. <laughs> no, it's it's very nice now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. Thanks for your thank call. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Vicky. Vicky. And uh, are there many grubs around in the garden at the moment? Well, Scott? yeah, it's it's hot. It's humid. Uh, you know, it's probably not as bad this year because it's you know still quite dry out there. We haven't had the rain. Mm, it certainly um, is quite dry. <laughs> yeah, look, and I, I reckon after that little uh, you know those few spots of rain that we've just had uh, 
over the uh, last couple of days. I reckon the mozzies will be out in force again as well. I had a couple uh, dive bombing me last night in bed, and mm. uh, I had to. Uh, they like to get inside. Why can't they stay outside? Why can't they stay outside? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just... <laughs> well, some other creatures that uh, Khan from Valentine has found are doing funny things uh, worms. Uh, becoming suicidal, um, and you'd like to talk to Scott about that, would you, Khan? I would, thank you. Good morning, Scott. Good afternoon, I should say. And to you, Khan. Scott, I've got um, worms crawling out of my garden and just dying in the courtyard. They're just, and I would get probably, I don't know, close to 10, 15 um, at night, every night, mm -hmm. and I don't know what's driving them out of the garden. Are they just little earthworms, mate? They are. And what you, do, you don't like the mess? I'm sure you've got a very pristine house out there at Valentine. Um, yeah, I'd like to think we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> it, yeah, and so they're just, they're just crawling out of the garden and they're just dying on the courtyard and they get all sticky. They're really hard to actually get off the, the tiles. And, um, but I just want to know what's driving them out, if you could give me a hand on that. Yeah, and, and look, are you, are you watering normally out there at the moment? Absolutely, just uh, yeah, just uh, every second day, given given the garden plenty of uh, plenty of moisture there. Mm -hmm. There's um, there's some water ponds there. I've got some water features, and they, the water tends to splash out of that as well. Okay. But um, but that's all. I, I don't know what's making them happen. And this has been going on now for about a, oh, nearly a week or so. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, if you have, you know, are you watering particularly on those days when they're coming out, or they're just coming out at all times? Because you know, water will drive worms up. Um, from, okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's every they're, they're coming every out every day. day, every day, every day for the last couple of weeks now. I would say it's um, it's just a, just a curiosity more than anything else. It's um, I don't know what could be um, making that happen. Yeah. Look. Look. And again, the only thing I can I can put it down to. I guess, you know, just the, the conditions we've got at the moment, it's, it's dry. Uh, you know, maybe they're going looking for water themselves up, up towards the surface at sure. night. Okay. Um, you know, that, right. that could be a reason. The other reason is worms. You know, if, it, if you have got pooling water, they will come up to the surface to try and escape that. So, uh, look, I'd just, yeah, be ready to go and clean up their poor little uh, suicidal carcasses every morning, unfortunately, mate. <laughs> Sticky little buggers, they're hard to get off. You know. <laughs> All right, then. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Okay, good on you, Khan. Thanks for the call, mate. Thank you. And we are taking your calls 49216216. 22 past 12. Gardening talk back. Scotty Sharp here to answer your questions. And uh, Scotty Sharp, we, oh, well, first of all, we're happy to take your questions about your garden 49216216. And secondly, leaf grub. You've been meaning to talk about this for a while. Oh, lawn grub, yes. Lawn yeah. grub. Yes, yeah. We're, we're going to make amends for uh, Greg and my uh, naughty behaviour every week where we say we're going to talk about something and then we just never do because we're busy taking your fantastic calls. That's, that's why we don't answer. Do, that's why we don't always talk about what I say I'm going to do. Uh, but lawn grub is very, very bad at the moment. Is it? Yes, and it's being exacerbated by the very hot weather that we've got. Uh, you know, the almost drought uh, sort of type conditions. So what the lawn grub does is a little moth that uh, flies along at about around this time of year and goes, mm, I need somewhere to lay my eggs, and your lawn looks pretty nice and juicy to it. So it lays its eggs, and the grubs, of course, hatch out, and they burrow down, and what they're going to feast on mostly is the root system of your lawn. They do have a bit of a feed on the leaves up top as well, uh, but mostly they like having a bit of a feed down below. Uh, look, what that does, especially in times of drought, is that the lawn then has no capacity or you know way that it can actually draw moisture up from the soil. So as it gets hotter and hotter at this time of year, all of a sudden the lawn's getting stressed 
patches start to die out. And that's when you see it in your lawn. You go, oh, geez, what's going on? Something's wrong here with the lawn. Uh, unfortunately, once it's already, you know, browned off like that, it's sort of a little bit too late for that patch. But you can save the rest of the lawn that the lawn grub hasn't got to and help resurrect uh, the, the brown patch as well. And we'll get to the resurrection part in a moment. It's almost like bringing Frankenstein back to life. But uh, getting rid of the lawn grub is the most important thing uh, at first. Now, you have to do the whole lawn. You just don't do the brown patches, uh, you know, where it's died off. They've already had a bit of a munch there. They've gone, thanks very much. And they've moved on to the next bit where it's still nice and green and there's some nice roots for it to uh, eat. Uh, now, what you need to do is, um, there's a few ways you can get rid of them. Uh, there's a chemical way, of course. Uh, so there's different ways to do that. You can uh, use it as a hose on. Uh, there's like a granular shaker that you can get and shake that on. Or you can just merely mix it up in the watering can or the spray and spray it on. Uh, always very important to do that later on in the evening, you know, just around dust. That's when they're coming back up to the surface because if it's, uh, you know, hot and dry, uh, they're going to go net down nice and deep during the day to try and get away from that heat. So uh, during dusk, uh, always the time to, to go and do that. Always do it as according to the uh, the directions on the one that you've got, uh, the, uh, you know, the chemical that you've got. Don't think uh, just because you did it one, you know, way, one time with another chemical is going to be exactly the same way. This time, always read your instructions and make sure you follow those right down to the letter and you should get a good result. And then, of course, repeat uh, that in about two weeks' time because those buggers have laid some eggs and mm. they're going to hatch out. So you're trying to break that cycle and also kill the grubs that are there at the moment. Uh, look, as far as uh, sort of... Uh, um, Organic methods, uh, you know, the old soapy water trick, that will drive them up to the surface and then you're hoping that some magpies and stuff will come along and have a bit of a feed of them. You can do that at any time if you want. You could do that during the middle of the day as well. That's probably when, when the magpies are going to be out uh, looking for a bit of lunch. Uh, so, yep, you can do the old soapy water trick. If anyone else has got any other tricks to get the lawn grubs up in an organic fashion, uh, please give us a call and tell us about that. Mm. Uh, but yeah. the resurrection stage, this is the other important thing. Right. Right. Yeah, so the root systems, uh, you know, destroyed on your lawn. What are you going to do to fix it up? Uh, water, of course, that's always the main thing. Uh, don't fertilise. It's just going to stress it out even more. Don't top dress. It's going to stress it out even more. Grab some sea salt. Sea salt is fantastic for the root system of plants. Uh, there's a number, you can get that as a mix-up. You can get it as a hose-on as well. Start applying sea salt, uh, you know, fairly often. Uh, do it according to the directions on the packet, of course. And uh, that's watering the lawn at the same time, so it's very, very helpful. It will help regenerate the root system of the lawn for you and hopefully get it up and running. Uh, look, once you're starting to see some green growth uh, coming up through there and those brown patches starting to fill up, that's the time when you might go and give it a light fertilise or a light top dress. You certainly don't do that, as I just said before that. You're just going to stress the lawn out even more. And again, just keep on watering because there's no root system. Uh, so that's what you're really trying to combat. And you say that the uh, the moth that comes along, lays the eggs, likes the juicy-looking mm, grass. Mm. I, and I can I'm, understand that. Yes. <laughs> so does that mean that when in times when we've got plenty of rain around and the lawn is, is naturally growing well, we still get the moth? Yeah, we still get the moth and we still get the army grub, but it doesn't manifest itself uh, like it does when it's really, really dry because the root system can cope with it. So you might have your uh, army grub in there having a good old feed, 
but it's raining, for instance, you know, at this time of year when it's, you know, humid and you're getting those afternoon storms and you just don't notice it as much. You might see some browning off, uh, but once it really dries out, that's when you get those those patches, uh, you know, um, spreading out. Look, at the moment, some people will come in and say, look, I think it might be a fungal disease or dollar spot. I would say it's so dry at the moment, the chances of it being a fungal disease right now, uh, you know, Sort okay. of between you know zero and zero, you know it's not going to be fungal diseases at the moment. It's most generally going to be army grub. So, despite the humidity, it, well, yes, I mean it has. I mean it is humid, but uh, I'd have to say it's not as humid as as we've experienced it in the past. Certainly, That's like true. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. true. Yeah. Hmm. So, army grub, what to do? Owen Rang from Newcastle West, and uh, you've got some problems with some of your fruit plants, Owen. Yeah, hello, Jane, and good afternoon to you both. Hey, Owen, um, I've got a question for you first, mate. Where have you got a mulberry tree in Newcastle West? I didn't think that, I thought it was all apartments and... Ah, uh... oh, well, it's a little secret hideaway. Okay, you, can, you keep it secret then, as, as long as you know. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, two crows nests that are just about growing me out down the back. I don't know how to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, me passion fruit um, are just... Starting to really go eight now, yeah. and my mulberry tree. I've got a couple of little green ones on it, but nothing off this season. Yeah, look, mate, I would be putting it down to the dry weather we've had. Uh, I, I wouldn't. No, uh, water's to... no problem. I give them plenty of water. How big's your mulberry tree, though? Uh, well, I've, I cut him back. He's about uh, 15, 20 feet. Yeah, see. I guess you can think you're watering a plant that size, but a plant that size needs it's it's really being fed mostly by its tap roots down in the soil. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and when that water table starts to drop away, uh, like it must have at the moment, uh, it's not going. To, you can be watering over the surface, you know, with a sprinkler or something, but it's really not going to be penetrating down where a plant that size is getting the majority of its moisture from. Uh, that's look. That's what I would put it down to uh, with your mulberry. Uh, what about your passion fruit? How's it going? Oh, yeah, they're going wonderful at the moment, but it's getting too late in the season. They've only really just started taking off over the last couple of weeks. But they've been in a sunny spot, plenty of water. All right, I think they get plenty yeah, of water. Yeah. See, yeah, my, my next-door neighbour's got them uh, over in Carrington uh, growing all over my lily pillies, and, uh, I mean, they're quite large now, and they're starting to, you know, getting ready to ripen up at the moment. So, like you yeah. said, it, it, you know, it might be getting a bit late in the season. Uh, you know, I guess we've still got February and March to go, but uh, if you're only just starting to get them to set at the moment, uh, you might have trouble getting them to ripen off. And as you know, mate, we get so many calls during the middle of winter, you know, May, June, July, people saying... I've got passion fruits on the vine, but they're not ripening. And as you know, it, it really, late. yeah, it's too late. It comes down to the sun and the warmth. And, uh, you know, if, if they haven't set early, uh, then you do have those sort of problems where they just don't ripen. And I guess even if they did, they're probably not going to taste, uh, you know, too flash either. Well, I, um, I've never really had much success since we had the big slime yeah. last year and it tore everything to pieces. Yeah, look, it might just be that, you know, everything's having a, you know, a bit of a rest this season and, you know, we've had the dry spell as well. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, and, and look, and that's the fantastic thing about nature is that, uh, you know, you can turn around and next year you're going to have a bumper crop. I will almost guarantee it for you. Yeah, oh, wonderful. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> just a, just a, bit of news, bit, a bit of reassurance for you. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Owen. Thanks, Owen. And Alan. Uh, Alan has rung in from Lambton, 49216216. Have you got a problem with Paspalum, Alan? 
I certainly do. Whoa. Scott. Yes, how how you go? Is it in your lawn, mate? Yes, mate, is it ever? Yeah. Is it ever? And yeah. I'd, I've tried everything to get rid of it. What would you suggest? Have, have you, I used to call it anti-pass, but I think they call it paspalum and nutgrass killer now. Okay. Uh, and it, it definitely works. Uh, right. Look, one, one of the great problems with paspalum is, uh, you know, you might have a, a plot of land next door or, you know, a neighbour next door that doesn't particularly uh, look after their yard too well. Sure. And that seed, mate, it will spread, uh, you know, like wildfire. Oh, does it ever? Yeah, so that, that's that's also one of the things you have to watch out for if you've got a you know a bit of a recalcitrant neighbour who's not uh, you know towing the line or you know you've got a bit of council land or something like that with some uh, you know weeds growing on it, then it is going to spread quite a lot. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I'd go and get some of that paspalum and nut grass killer and uh, right. use it according to directions. And do you have it in there? Uh, I believe we do. I believe we do. I'd give a call up though before you go in and uh, just okay. check up okay. on that. Okay, no, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Okay. And nut grass grass killer. Yep, and mate, be be vigilant. Don't let it go to seed. Um, you know, once you see those purple seed heads around the place, that's when they're going to start uh, growing. That's crazy. right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mate, okay, I, thanks very much for that, Scott. No, not a worry. Good on you, Alan. Great stuff, Alan. And uh, we're moving over to North Arm Cove now. Lovely place to go. And Ian's rung in uh, more citrus here. Blood orange trees. Is that giving you problems, Ian? Yeah, hi, uh, Scott. Uh, look, I've got a, just purchased a blood orange tree. It's probably about uh, six to 700 uh, mil in height. Mm-hmm. I've put it in a huge pot, and it's already fruiting. And um, I'm just wondering, uh, would it be advisable to remove the fruit uh, or just let it uh, continue to do what it does naturally? Yeah, look, the, the best thing to do is to remove the fruit uh, off a young plant like that. It, it just I always say they just get a bit optimistic. You know, they, they think they're ready to, uh, you know, to head off into the world and, you know, go into bloom, you know. Um, a bit like a teenager, really, and uh, us wiser heads know that that's not always the case. And it's the same thing with your uh, with your citrus. So, yeah, pick some of that uh, that fruit off. Uh, you, look, you can leave one or two on there if you want to, but essentially what's happening is it's putting all its energy into that fruit rather than into the growth of the plant. And you, at first you want it to grow. Um, so you can stage it. You know, you might let it have one this year and then as the plant gets bigger next year, allow the crop to, you know, expand a bit until by the, you know, by the time it's three or four years old, you can just sort of leave it to its own devices then. But certainly, uh, you know, a young plant only, you know, a bit over a half a metre tall, like you said, uh, it's not going to be able to cope. Uh, with looking after a, a um, you know a crop on it at the moment, and in truth, mate, you're better to let it uh, put its energy into the uh, growth of the plant. Uh, in a pot, make sure that it's being really well watered, uh, and also feed it about three times a year with a slow-release fertilizer. There's one called Sudden Impact, which is actually for roses, but it works an absolute treat on citrus plants. So uh, that's a very good one to use, and use it about three times a year. Uh, that's great, Scott. It's already starting to get a little bit of leaf curl, which concerns me at such a young age. It's, uh... Well, look, leaf, leaf curl will come along, you know, despite the age of the plant, uh, uh, but it's only going to attack the new growth, and that's usually what's on at the moment. Uh, we were talking to a lady earlier on, and uh, that's Vicky from Charlestown, and the, uh, the best thing to do is go get a product called Eco Oil and uh, start spraying that on there as a preventative. Use it about once a week. Uh, and that will uh, stop the leaf curl, the leaf citrus leaf miner landing on there and laying its eggs. 
Okay, and one other question, yes, if mate. I may, no Scott, uh, to uh, contain it within the pot, I don't really want to put it in the ground because the ground out here is not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, uh, what's the procedure for uh, keeping it, well, not dwarfed, but uh, keeping it in uh, containable in a pot? Yeah, look, again, just uh, after it's finished uh, fruiting, uh, you just give it a prune back. Uh, you're always going to get the growth on the new, uh, the uh, fruiting on the new growth of the plant anyway. And uh, look, once you get it a bit over head height, that's going to give you ample fruit uh, anyway. So uh, yeah, just prune it back after the fruit's finished or you've, or you've taken the fruit off. That's when you give it a prune back. Uh, look, I wouldn't be too worried for the next couple of years about pruning. You probably just let it go on its merry way. Uh, but yep. that uh, fertilising three times a year and uh, plenty of water, especially when the flowers are on there and the fruit is set that's when you need to keep the moisture up to it because as soon as it gets stressed uh, it'll drop that flower or drop that fruit so uh, watering at that time is very important mate judy you've got a problem in coal point with running bamboo yes i have thanks for taking my call uh, i just moved in here around november and i quickly found out i'd inherited a problem um, the neighbors let me know that the bamboo was put in about four years ago from the previous owner. It uh, was called Running Bamboo, mm-hmm. and uh, they want me to get rid of it. And I kind of need it for the shade, but I do understand what a problem that it is. And before I tackle getting rid of it, it seems a little overwhelming. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm so glad you've got this service. I was just wondering what, what's the best thing to do. I did Google it, and it said you could cut it and um, poison it. That might be it, and it's going to be a big job and a long job yeah yeah so is, is that all uh, yeah uh, so yeah first thing caveat emptor buyer beware i guess mm. <laughs> but uh, let, let's secondly go is it actually running bamboo are, are your neighbors just sort of playing mind games on you because they maybe don't want it uh you know in the area because there are you know most of the bamboos that are sold now are clumping bamboos uh look they, right. they, they can get quite tall but they're very containable and they won't just run willy-nilly uh through the ground um, so, are you actually noticing it run? Is it uh, is it moving a yes. bit? It, is it in a clump yes, it or is. is it in a clump or is it just going everywhere? It is running down um, either side of the house, and I noticed that the uh, house across the road has what I believe the clumping. It's a different colour. This is just green stalks. They've got like red stalks or brown stalks over there, and uh, yeah, this is definitely um, the roots are going in different, you know going everywhere right, okay. and uh, when I cut it it starts running I can see that it's coming up somewhere else yeah okay so uh, I'm sure they're right I mean I could get somebody out to identify it but uh, I get the, the feeling this is what it what it is and I've been a little bit scared to cut it because everyone says that if you cut it it'll start running even more no no look that, that's not necessarily the case because you, you're going to cut it but you're also going to poison it at, at the same time so the, the trick with bamboo is to, to actually give it the old chop down to the ground level. And then when you start seeing new fresh green shoots coming up, oh, sorry, actually, let me say again, you can cut it down to the ground level and then spray with uh, Roundup or glyphosate those woody ends of the bamboo. And then when you see new green shoots coming up uh, after a little while, you go and spray those again. Now, unfortunately, persistence is the key here. It's not just something that you're going to do once or twice and get rid of it. So, yep, spray those woody ends. And then when you see new green shoots coming up, 
uh, just go and give it a spray. So effectively, every couple of weeks, just go out and uh, sort of spray that area where the bamboo is. And good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine has rung in from Mayfield, Scott. Now, she's got sandflies around the garden. Hello. Hey, Lorraine, how can, we, how can we help you with them? Hello, Scott. I'm so pleased that you've, you, you're there to answer my, my question. Um, look, I, I've, we've not long moved in. We've been here just on six months. And um, apparently that's a sandy um, block that they've, they've laid sandy, sandy soil down to build the block on, apparently. I don't know, but it looks that way. And there's sand flies in the, in the, in the uh, garden and in the, in the, in the uh, well, we think they're in the lawn. Um, we, we don't know how to get rid of them. We've had a pest control fellow come out. He sprayed and they're back. So I don't know what to do, oh, Scott. Oh, we're, we're just we're just inundated with them, and every time we wash the car or or, or deal with the car, um, you know, we, we we get eaten eaten alive outside. Yeah, look, I, I guess in a way that's a little bit beyond my remit. Uh, I, I'd probably get that pest controller back if I were you. Uh, and I, I think like we were just talking to uh, Judy from Coal Point uh, with her bamboo, this is going to be one of perseverance uh, for you because obviously the sand flies have laid their eggs uh, you know, in the soil and they're just hatching out over time. So I suspect that just a one-off spray is not going to be the answer for it. Uh, look, if you want to do something safe, I guess you could get some pyrethrum and mix it up in the watering can and just generally uh, drench your soil. But uh, keeping in mind that's going to kill any worms or anything in there as well. So... Uh, I, I think uh, you know professional pest control is going to be the best answer for you, and unfortunately, some persistence uh, to try and break that egg cycle that the sandflies have. And very good luck with that one. And our last question for today: A cyclamen is such a lovely part. Oh, do we call it cyclamen? No, I, I call them cyclamen, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear. For, yeah, we, we say cyclical, don't we? We we'll, do say. Yes, but yeah. Gwen from East Maitland, you've got a cyclamen, a cyclamen, <laughs> whichever. What do you say? Yes, what do you say? Cycling. <laughs> you don't cycle, do you? You cycle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I What's guess. your problem? <laughs> anyway, um, Scott, um, I have some cyclamen plants in pots, and um, they've they've uh, died down from from the from the heat. But little tiny um, seedlings seems to be coming up, like with little leaves. And I'm just wondering, will they? do anything because I've had some from last year in pots I've repotted them and and um, they don't seem to move and I'm just wondering do they ever come into like adulthood and have cyclamens like the flowers or, or is it just something that just comes up when something's from that initial bulb. Yeah, no, th those those little baby ones should come good for you. Uh, they should form separate corms and break off. And, uh, you know, so the clump will keep on getting bigger for you in, in essence. Look, it is funny that they're growing at this time of year. They're, a, look, a plant from sort of the rocky, uh, you know, Mediterranean region. Uh, but they do flower in, uh, you know, in winter and they don't like the humidity that we, you know, we're having at the moment, even though it is a bit dry. Uh, but look, that said, I have had cyclamen that just keep on going. You know, they've gone for 18 months out in the full sun. And then, yeah, finally they give up the ghost to probably, you know, due to neglect more than anything. So they, they are quite a tough plant. Uh, 
I think the biggest thing that, that that kills them is the is the humidity. They don't. They will get fungal diseases at the drop of a hat, especially if you've got them in the wrong spot. But I wouldn't get rid of them. Uh, I would just keep on persevering. And uh, you know, you should get some little. You know, those little ones that are sort of sprouting. Yes, I've got a lot of little ones. That's all I've got left now. And and I have been feeding them once a fortnight. Yeah, yeah. And and um, but I, they never seem to mature past you know just a slightly bigger leaf. Yeah, and and I and I would say that that's because they're they're. You know they're coming on at a you know at a hot stage. Really, they should be starting to do what they're doing now for you in April, uh, uh-huh. you know, March or April. And All then, right. as you know, as it cools down, those leaves will get bigger, and then you'll get flowering. I think they're just maybe a little bit out of whack for some reason. Oh, good. Well, I have had wonderful results. I've had cyclamens going for years, flowering all the time for years until we got that forty-seven degrees last year, and then the the heat this year. You know, it's just. You know, level them now. Yeah, look, I think the heat's got a lot to answer for this year. A lot to answer for. <laughs> it certainly has. Thank you, Gwen. Thanks, and Gwen. some great questions we had today. And do remember that you'll be able to catch this program on podcast through our website, tuanuarifm.com. All the words of wisdom, all the pearls will be yours. So much technology. Isn't it wonderful? All for me. <laughs> so thank you, Scotty Sharp. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.